Yeah. Uh, welcome to RCR podcast, something or other. I don't know what. Oh, Dwerwoods. Welcome to a podcast of me eating on mic. Yeah. No, I'm slowly off the wagon. I'm drinking beer again. Like, maybe one beer a day. It, no, actually, no. Most people know I gave up drinking since October. But lately, I don't know. Maybe it's been in like the past week because we had all that warm weather like a week and a half ago. And that got me in a really good mood. And then I got cold again. So I got sad again. And I have all this beer in the fridge because Ben works for Boston Beer. And he gets beer for free. And he just gives it to me. And I'm like, I don't really want it. <laughs> but I found like in order to not get an instant hangover, I have to drink a pint of water beforehand. Eat a full bowl of food before my first sip of alcohol. And then I don't feel that instant headache so that's what i'm doing right now and hello to jonathan cannon thank you for watching rcr podcast i don't know 90 million i know um, i don't know what we could feasibly do for 100 um because there will be weeks without the podcast um, to come because you'll be driving back from getting the new car to replace the Falcon. So that'll be the new car to replace the POW, to replace the Falcon. <laughs> I mean, it's replacements all the way down. It's like they said it can't. Oh, I forgot to turn your mic on. Oh, all right. Well, Excuse me. You are the black one. There you are. Now your mic's on. Oh, I'm roll. sorry. Nice. No, no worries. Thank you to Christian who said uh, that Nick's mic was muted. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Let's see. What are you... How are you guys doing? Today was, well, today was a fun day. It was a fun day. Because we got the we have a press car. Yeah. Very first press car. Thanks to Nick who wrote a lot of letters. We can talk about it because most people know about it. Yeah, already. most people know what it is. It's sitting right out there. I mean, obviously, we're not going to move the webcam to show you, but it is a Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro. And I mean, without getting into what our actual thoughts on it are, um, unless that's something you feel like doing, I kind of was surprised in some respects some respects just some um but that's going to be a long review um possibly a tandem review and yeah. how is that beer i made a face this is dogfish head 60 minute ipa the official ipa of every airport terminal mm. um i don't like it i am going to keep drinking it because it's in front of me maybe yeah. it'll taste better as i continue drinking it yeah it's you know what i would like this ipa when i was into ipas god this is bitter i used to like this stuff now i'm all about if i'm av having a beer it's all about stouts and creaminess 
and smoothness, mm. which is kind of where I was like 15 years ago. <laughs> and then I went on a, a 10 year IPA war of attrition. Ah, and then sober October happened and I don't hate now. Now I don't like, I don't like, you know what I did have that I liked Renee with the Subaru Vivio, like, like months, like half a year ago, she gave me a bottle of for relaxing times, make it Suntory times. Ah. And I was sipping that, you know, after like a full meal with seltzer water, not in it, not mixed it, but just <clears throat> playing Skyrim and sipping whiskey and going back for thirds. Yeah. That was kind of nice. Room temperature whiskey. I don't know if I like mm. this. Yeah, that was, but you know, th th now is not the right set and setting for whiskey. Remember when we used to do this podcast and I used to just drink Tomatin scotch mm. the whole time. I would burn through a bottle of scotch every week, just sipping my way through the week. I mean, scotch is pretty great. It is. I yeah. mean, I can't really. It's not that I. Yeah, oh, this is a good question. Forrest says, Mr. Regular, what is your favorite E621 tag? It's whatever animation comes afterwards or <laughs> name your tag plus sequence. <laughs> or name your tag plus animation. I mean, you used to be able to say flash, but flash is dead. <laughs> so now it's Long whatever animation. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so we are going to briefly hold for sound and then properly uh, get this thing started. So okay. Let's just do uh, about 10 seconds. And welcome to RCR podcast number 92. I am Nick. I'm Brian. Uh, the title is Odweroids, mm -hmm. which um, I believe is a Comptown reference. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's a reference to Comptown and also a reference to Stavros, who said, uh, like, CBD is Odweeds or Cushy Dreams is Odweeds. And then he says, if that's Odweeds, then Kratom is Odweroin. <laughs> and just continuing that theme, occasionally I take DHEA, which is Odweroids. Yeah, it's 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 not really the same thing, but the warnings, like you, you Nick said, the the warnings on the can on the bottle make it sound like just plain old roids. <laughs> the thing about it is, it the bottle says mood and stress. I didn't take any today. But they, I don't know if it's a placebo. I did, but after I take it, I usually am not concerned with like minor things. Now, half of it is I take it and I go to the gym. So when I get done from the gym, I'm tired anyway, and I usually don't care about stuff. But I felt like when I was at the gym and afterwards, I even didn't care about the people making up their own exercises or not putting the weight back yeah. or. I was not even self-conscious of about me farting on the elliptical machine. Mm. I mean, I think some of it is uh, when you're looking at the back of the bottle, you kind of have to parse out the legalese in the sense that even if it's a placebo, they're still going to put that 
thing on it that uh, tries to um, free them from liability by right. saying like, well, you should consult a physician before taking this, even though, I mean, how, I do wonder to what extent you can actually sell something like that and have it not be a placebo because it would just end badly. Uh -huh. would just get all this stuff over the counter. But then I realized that, you know, how many MMA fighters claim tainted supplements, you know? Yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I got, all right, I'm well, sure, I'm sure DHEA makes you piss hot. Yeah, probably. Like you got to give USADA the, the, yeah. the batch number so yeah. that they can look up to see if that was a tainted batch. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, that excuse didn't work. Let me talk about, you know, dick pills or, mm -hmm. or elk meat. Yeah. Uh, yams like lots and lots of yams i was having yams and elk meat sliders <laughs> but uh yeah, elk meat sliders sounds good yeah anything meat sliders well actually i shouldn't say that um but yeah you so, know do you remember burger buddies did we have this conversation before burger buddies burger buddies oh burger buddies from burger king it was a 90s thing they were essentially just sliders but their whole thing was Burger Buddies. Do you seriously not remember Burger I don't remember. Buddies? All right. I remember when you left for the French fries so that they would stay hot longer. Huh. All right. So imagine sliders, right? Now make the buns, make the two buns just touching and form together like almost Siamese twins, just a little bit, just a little bit, just like the top bun and the bottom bun connected just a little bit by like this little isthmus of bread. The burgers are separate, everything's separate, but the buns are together. And the whole point of burger buddies is that when you get them, you pull them apart. And now you have two burgers. Huh. They were slightly smaller than your average like 80 cent hamburger that you could order. All right, I gotta look this up now because Burger King Burger Buddies. God Let's damn. Let's see. Uh Burger King Burger Buddies. Yeah. John Coley says big mouth bites. No, they weren't called that. I mean, they literally are like the the like a sheets slider where you know if you get a, a thing of sliders from sheets, they do all come sort of stuck together like yeah. this. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just like cheese. Like you didn't get anything on them. They were just a cheeseburger. Share maybe the with buddies, share the fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a miniature, you know, there aren't even seeds on this bun. Although I haven't been to Burger King in so long that I don't remember if there are supposed to be seeds on the buns. Yeah. Or if know. it's like a McDowell's situation from yeah. coming to America where there are no seeds. Yeah, um, I guess you can you can get White Castle, says Baz. I was at a White Castle once. I just got diarrhea. That was it. I'm like, <laughs> I get it. This is a lot of food. And but there is no orgasmic joy coming from it. No. So I, I get it. Like Harold and Kumar. It makes sense when you're high. Yeah. And I mean there are a lot of places where they were hyped up to a certain extent, and I didn't understand the hype. One place that actually did fulfill the hype was in and out Burger. But, yeah, that was good. Um, that was the one time where we went there, and the freaking drive-through was all around the corner. Yeah. yeah, that was 
a long wait. But yeah, shout out to it. Eric Pedersen for taking us there. Yeah. Um, so this is our first press car, and I feel – sorry, I'm trying to refresh the – Refresh the super chats here. It only took seven years for a while, yeah, seven years for RCR to get a press car. And every now and again, I would complain. And people said, I oh, don't do this, do that. Um, yeah. And I want to hear your process because I had nothing to do with getting this. This was all Nick's. Oh. Uh, uh, and Nick's and like Cameron or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so. My friend Cameron, she is a fan of RCR and um, is part of, I believe, the Washington uh, Automotive Press Association. Mm -hmm. um, and she recommended to me that I get, um, and she's usually in the podcast audience here uh, mm -hmm. at the various points. Um, so hi, if you're here, Cameron. Um, but also... Uh, she sent me a series of links because she kind of floated the idea of like, well, why don't you guys do press cars? And I'm like, well, I mean, who's really going to give us a press car? Right. But she's like, well, here's some um, people that you could contact, you know, sort of like cold contact out mm -hmm. of nowhere. And um, maybe you'll get some hits. And uh, yeah, I sent some emails, uh, tried to sound my most professional. I'm, Nick Roman, I'm representing the automotive YouTube channel, regular car reviews. We do this amount of views and blah, blah, blah. I don't blah, even blah, blah, want blah. this beer anymore. I'm pouring it out. Yeah. I'm but, at the point in life that I literally don't want this. I'm pouring it out. Do you want me to come over and sing Crossroads while you do it? Yeah. But the. Um, the process basically involved trying to sound very professional and then realizing after the fact, because I didn't ask Cameron what type of verbiage I should include in the email to best get recognized and potentially accepted. And, uh, luckily I was, I got responses. So that's cool. Um, and I would think that, it would be harder, but also it wasn't easy either because there were a lot that didn't get back to me or some that were rejections to the effect of we're not adding anybody to the schedule at this time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But long story short is um, I did that and I also joined automotive press associations that like whoever would take me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> And I'm drinking Sam's Sam Adams summer ale now. Hmm. Part of the sampler pack that Ben gave me. Dude, this thing has probably been in my fridge since August. Mm. How long does beer keep in a can? It tastes sweet. This thing's got to be back sweet. Possibly, yes. I would have to think so. You know, if this had lime in it, it would totally taste like Bud Light Lime. Mm. I mean... It has Ooh. that type of weight. Well, but isn't it supposed to be a lager? I'm unscrewing the Yeti can. Samuel Adams Summer Ale Citrus Citrus Wheat Ale. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Rock and roll. So there, there is. There's got to. Just having like citrus in it doesn't make it sweet. There's got to be sugar in that. Yeah. Doesn't mean it'll ward off the scurvy either. No. But. 
long story short is I joined like the automotive press and get credentials now, even though I got credentials before. So I don't really know what changes, except mm. maybe it makes me look more legit to prospective um, automotive manufacturers of just like, hey, you know, we are a legitimate operation as legitimate as two guys who talk about the sociocultural implications of a car mm -hmm. with jokes about bodily functions could possibly be. And so that was eventually, you know, you mentioned how uh, you gave, well, I got the response and then I forwarded the email to you to further it right. along and you gave the three vehicles because he, the guy in charge of the press fleet basically said like, if you could have three, what are your top three? Yeah, I gave him one. I gave him one to reject, one to consider, and one to give me. That was my approach. Mm. So the one to reject was a land. First of all, I was <clears throat> amazed that it was a uh, Toyota. Like who? Like we're starting at the goddamn top. Yeah. Like, well, not like Lamborghini or exotics or stuff, but of all the manufacturers, Toyota doesn't need help selling cars. No. I mean, it had this thing where we were driving this Forerunner. Like, the current generation Forerunner has been almost unchanged for a goddamn decade. Yeah, seriously. They don't need help selling Forerunners. People just buy them. And they've just sort of leaned into this. The TRD Pro is... and. I didn't even I didn't even say TRD Pro. Okay, the three cars I I asked for. The one to reject was the Land Cruiser. No way they're giving me a ninety thousand dollar SUV. The one to consider was I said Forerunner, and there's lots of flavors of Forerunner. So consider that. And the one to accept, which I thought they would give me, I said Sienna. I'll bet no one asks for <laughs> minivans, so we're probably going to get a Sienna. And they came back with, we got a Toyota Forerunner TRD Pro, and I'm like, all right. Wait, this is the spec'd up as much as you can possibly pay for a Toyota 4Runner. This is it. And yeah. it's sitting right out there. This thing MSRPs for $52,400. That's what the dealer, uh, that's what the, that's what Toyota suggests it is. I have no idea what dealers charge for these things. Yeah. Um, there are, we didn't even talk about, we, we, when we were driving, I didn't even show you the back. It has like a $400 tray option in the back for the cargo area that, you know, if reaching into the cargo area, that's a little bit too tough for you. There's this tray that just pulls out. Huh. So, and it moves your cargo toward you, which is dumb because you lose two inches of cargo capacity because now the floor is raised. And now I can immediately in like thinking about like kids and stuff, Cheerios and everything is going to fall down beneath that tray because the floor is still there. Yeah. But now there's rails on top of the floor and a tray on top of that. So that space where like human slime can go <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. And that and this this tray doesn't come out. The only way to get it out is to get like a Torx screwdriver in there and to unbolt it from the floor. Yikes. So it's in there. It also, one of the Kubi holes has been taken up by a JBL subwoofer in the back. Um, it, it's, it's very American feeling, like yeah. in, in a sense very loud the thing yeah i hate the exhaust the fucking trd exhaust on this thing <laughs> that engine they've been also using it for like 10 years that four liter v6 and its derivations there's nothing groundbreaking about the engine i mean toyota just they find something they like and then they stick with it and it just keeps getting refined and better and better and that's what i love about toyota but there's no there's no making this engine sound nice i mean we were over this when uh um Oh, the guy who brought us a bunch of Toyotas and he brought us the TRD Pro Tacoma with the snorkel and everything on it. That 
that that oh, electric that blue one. Yeah, that one, like that one had a stock exhaust, and that engine—it's probably the same engine that's in that. And well, they're both—you know—it's the Forerunner is a Tacoma truck, and that engine sounded—it just went. Zzz, but the TRD exhaust on that thing goes, and it's—it's it's trying to make that V6 sound tough. And it doesn't. It doesn't oh. work. For one, inside that engine, the engine is completely shut up because it has like a bunch of moose tubes, a bunch of deadening on it. They want that engine. I, I don't know if the Sienna uses the same engine. That's something to figure out. If if the if the V6 that's in the Sienna is the same one that's in the Tacoma. And if it's not, maybe it's a board and stroke smaller displacement version or whatever. So the engine underneath the hood of that TRD Pro is quiet like all the other Toyota V6s that they make. But now it has this exhaust on it, so the noise is all behind you, and it's droning. Mm. When I'm on the highway with this thing, all I want to do is just go slowly because I don't want the I don't want the automatic transmission. It's a tr traditional auto automatic, five-speed automatic with a torque converter. And the second that thing drops down, with the second it kicks down, which it wants to do all the time, because that, that's a heavy truck, and... It's like 280 horsepower, which is adequate. It's it's an engine. It's not. It doesn't blow you away. Um, it doesn't really accelerate all that fast. But that's not this truck's mo. We took it up Wiser State Forest just right before we got here, and um, up the fire road. And it seems more planted and and better off road. Yeah. It feels smoother in the dirt than it does in the sand and it does on the road. Down to those huge tires. I like that. The top tier one went down a size entire. <laughs> I think the regular uh, Forerunner Limited has 20s on it. This one has 17s. So there's a lot of rubber on these tires. So it handles bumps. You could just hit stuff at speed. It's fun. Um, but I gotta take this off. This on the road, it kind of like bucks and it's weird. I mean, you, you Toyota is making sacrifices with the TRD Pro Forerunner. It, it, it's it's making sacrifices of on-road usability for off-road performance. And if you understand that, then you can understand the type of person who would want this. This is, and this is going to come across in the review, but the type of person who's going to pay $52,000 for a TRD Pro is someone who wants a pre-runner-esque vehicle, doesn't want a, doesn't want a Raptor, once an enclosed vehicle that can handle out of the box, like medium off-road stuff, including rocks and off-camber things, and just wants it to work and not have to do anything to it. Yes, you can take a third-gen Forerunner or a second-gen, but even those are going up in price, um, and outfit it for off-road use and you can have a excellent off-roader for way less than 50 grand um but the person who does trd pro is for someone is is for the casual off-roader who wants to look serious I just want it to work, but doesn't quite have like, see a Land Cruiser is better on road. 
than a TRD Pro 4Runner is on-road. Same goes with a like a Land Rover Defender or something like that. I don't know. It's like for, for a guy who doesn't like... It's not, it's not the... You know this thing is dirt-focused. That's where this thing is meant to live. And it hurts me that the for the price, a lot of people, unfortunately, are going to drive this on-road. Um, it looks cartoonishly military. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if ours is the same one from Road and Track and Car and Driver, but they're the same color. And I wonder if... This thing already has 5,000 miles on it, so it's been passed around a bit. Last night when I was over at Ben's house, we looked and the gap on like the hood gap yeah. is different Eey. on both. It's like the hood gap on the passenger side is bigger than the hood gap on the right. I'm like, Matt, someone's <laughs> been doing something with this before we got it. Yeah. Uh-oh. It was like that when we got it. So we got the sloppy fifths with this one, but I'm not complaining. No, I, I'm I've not been, complaining at all. It's been my car and it will be my car until Monday. Yeah. Um, it's like this type of I I get the impression that it's the type of car for like a guy who doesn't really like being outdoorsy but he has a girlfriend who does that it's a car that you get because you have someone else in your life who mm -hmm. enjoys those types of things. I can understand that and you want to enjoy it and this is your and you have the money to either pay the lease or buy one of these things outright. My caveat to that is someone who wants to appear outdoorsy would maybe get a Subaru Crosstrek. But if you have more money, you would go, because 50 grand gets you an Ascent and a nice one at that. Mm. Gets you probably a top tier Ascent. Yeah. Because I think the Ascents we were looking at were mid 40s. Man, my other thing is that this would be for your Toyota nerds, and this is probably how the review is going to be. Like, oh no, I got a bit of dirt on my new Toyota off-roader. <laughs> Cut to a shot of the power washer just going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was. I had never been properly off-roading before, and that'll probably color my half of yeah. the review. Although. To what extent you can really call it proper out off-roading? I don't know. There was a bit of snow still yeah, yeah. on the mountain. And Hill. mud and all that other crazy mess and all these like divots in the ground. There was this bit I wish I had my phone out to film where we were driving back through Hamburg and there was this gigantic puddle. And I told Nick, just aim for the puddle. And yeah. he did. And it was literally full water. For like a half a second, we couldn't see where we were going. Yeah. Because we just sent this water up and over. And I was like, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was great. It was like that one time in Chicago where we were re reviewing a car, and I think it made it into the video where yeah. we said just hit the puddle, and it just came in. It was a Jeep of some kind. And yeah, we had the just, roof and roof off. Yeah, it was just a bad idea, but uh, the guy was really cool about it. So, um, uh, Ryan Vance says, "What's a stock package that doesn't exist but should?" Example: STI Outback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, is there a real TRD Corolla? Well, the closest thing to that would be the Corolla XRS, which sort of existed, I guess. But TRD is just going to hoard out these days. I mean, I would love like 
a trim level for the Mazda CX-7 that gives you more room in the back seat for right. recreational purposes. <laughs> but that's just uh, my, my me wondering. Thank you for the donation, Paul. Thank you so much. Unsatch says hi from. I'm gonna mispronounce this. I'm so sorry. Al Clary. Oh, Al Clary. Thank you. GMC Envoy. Oh God. Official car of what do you mean it's two thousand dollars to fix? I just got it. <laughs> no one cares. GMC fucking envoy. Yeah. What do you mean? I just got it. I already I I'm I already spent five thousand dollars on the repairs and all that you're telling me the whole dash has to come out. God damn it. Freaking envoy. Yeah, I should have called it the ensign. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like who could it just gives uh, it's it's the automotive equivalent of a red shirt from Star Trek. Oh, it's just gonna die. GMC yeah. envoy. When it comes to GMC, it's like, did you get the Yukon? No. Then what are you doing? Yeah. It is. It, and when it comes to like General Motors, what should I get from General Motors? <laughs> the Denali Suburban or Escalade, the Corvette. Silverado, I guess. Ooh. That's it. <laughs> truck, also truck, Corvette. Anything else? Eh. Are they making the Caprice anymore? No. No, 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 no. It's like with GM, the only time you actually get the real engineering is when you go top tier. And that's the thing I love about Toyota so much. Even their cheap stuff is great. It's like Honda, Toyota, and Subaru are the only people who tend to care about, are the only car companies that tend to care about poor people. Well, I mean, Hyundai as well. I'd, I'd bring in yeah. Hyundai as well. But a lot of people, if you recommend them, and I notice this is kind of like a Facebook car group phenomenon of people posing their experiences about this. Um, it's that if uh, someone is looking for a car recommendation and you recommend them like a Toyota, a Hyundai, a Honda, a Subaru, they're like, yeah, but could you recommend someone like American? And it's like, well, no, no, because if you buy a cheap American car, it's they, they, it's they, they literally hate you. Yeah, it's like you. They are making no margin on these cars. They're selling you shit. Yeah, like your option is a Ford Focus or a Ford Fusion or something. And you're it, buying an automatic, so your Focus is going to grenade. Yeah, your transmission is going to grenade. Can you drive manual transmission? No. Yeah, and I drive a Mustang for crying out fucking loud. But I will tell you right now that most of the recommendations I make to people, you know, are just they tend to Ford tends to care about the Mustang. They do, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and that uh, the three point eight liter, like it's still like muscling along, like it always has. But the grand scheme of things is that uh, when someone lists the things that they require you're going to make a re recommendation based off of what that list of requirements is. Mm -hmm. And if you come up with, like, you can't fit a square peg in a round hole. You can't go around and say, I need the this, that, and the other thing. I need it to cost this much. I need it to be um, sort of uh, uh, an accommodation for the whole family or, or just an accommodation for whatever personal needs I have for it. But also I need it to be whatever. When I hear that I have three kids, I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. That means. Cause, cause when the requirements are, I don't want to spend more than $2,000. It's like, okay, you're not going to find that car this month. Yeah. You're going to be looking for a while. 
I can help you look. Um, but at that point, when when you're sub five, <laughs> if you're sub five, you can't be in a hurry. And what matters more than the car at that point is the owner. Mm. And you're sussing them out. Yeah. And trying to find someone who isn't a liar. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was sub five and eventually I got sick of waiting and that's how I got Red Betty. But mm. I was very happy with the purchase. The only thing that I felt skimped on was the fact that like the rear defrost wasn't connected. Yeah. But because of that, he's like, I'll knock off like a hundred dollars or whatever. And I'm mm. like, okay, fine. I couldn't really like bargain within that limited space, but it's something where I think when people put out feelers for a certain car, it is going to be this war of attrition of who can outlast the other side the longest. Are mm. you going to buckle and pay the money first, or are you going to wait for somebody to essentially buckle and take, you know, the OBO? Yeah. Because that's always what it's been, especially if you're committed to a certain kind of car mm -hmm. and more than committed to a certain kind of car committed against another certain type of car. Yeah. Like if you are not going to buy foreign, then that is a game of guess who, where you can just knock down half the tiles right now Yeah, uh, because you are limiting yourself unnecessarily. And I would always think that outside of the premise of a dream car and outside of the relative security, I, I, I want to buy an American car. Okay. Dodges out. <laughs> <laughs> That's FCA. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I love there's a guy rolling around this town with a with a ram and it said American trucks in a big banner. It's big banner, a sunshade banner that just says American trucks. And I'm like, yeah. I saw a ram yesterday that was to the effect of uh, the decal said, like, when you can't dodge, ram it. And it was just, you know, that. And I'm just like, but what, what is it? What is it? Like I have poor emotional intelligence and I respond to any challenge to my character with violence. Yeah. It's dodge. Like, it's like, I mean, the, the, the decal is dumb, but at least the dodge, the father ram, the daughter is saying There's something. There's some wordplay. There's some wordplay going on there. It's dumb, Yeah, but, it, and it makes you look like an asshole, but you, you, you know, whatever. An it, effort was made. An effort, an attempt. Indeed. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, what are, what are you, outside of the concept of having a dream car or outside of the financial security, for the most part, the goal of getting a car is that you need to do the least amount of work and spend the least amount of money to keep it on the road. And yeah. I, to that end, that's why I recommend like Toyotas and Subarus. That's why when anybody asks us like, Hey, what I'm a college student, blah, blah, Toyota Corolla. It's just like, yeah, Toyota Corolla. Yeah. That's what we're going to tell you. And I know it's not what anybody wants to hear, but for the most part, the people who don't want to hear it have already made up their minds and they're just yeah. sort of asking on the vain or vague hope that we might reinforce yeah. their, what they actually, I, I don't really recommend like if you, if you're, if your need is cheap, like sub 10, mm -hmm. I knock out Subaru. Because Subarus hold their value. You want a sub-10 Subaru, you're probably still buying something with an EJ20 in it. Excuse me, EJ20, EJ25. And that, and I, I know I'm subjecting you to that one to $2,000 head gasket bill. Um, and I don't want to do that. So now it, it, it starts, it, 
Yeah. It always starts with the Corolla. And then they say why they will want to drive a Corolla and have some dumb, stupid thing. Well, I got to drive in the snow. Fuck you. Buy, buy some good all seasons. Buy some good all seasons and learn to drive in the snow. Ass. <laughs> Boris T.S. Karloff. It's raining stimmy. It's rain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's well. Um, oh, thank you, Boris. Thank you. Oh, uh, real quick, I forget if we ever actually addressed this from Jacques Dufresne. Um, what's your thoughts on the 2021 Bronco? Where it is full production starts Hype. on the 29th. I ordered a Badlands, should be in this summer. Hype. Yeah, it feels like uh, sort of... Hype trains, everyone jump on the hype train. Hype train. Hype train. Um, yeah, it's hype train going louder. Everyone jump on the hype train. Give me one as a press car. Yeah, Ford. Man, Ford knows the hype. They've been doing it since 64. Yep. Riding that hype train since. Not. Yep. The thing is, like everybody who's driven it likes it. I yeah. mean, it, it does. I like. All I can say is I like how it looks. I don't know how it drives. Yeah. Acoustic theory, Mister Regular. If you could give us some regular financial advice, what would you give? I don't know. What's your problem? Uh. It's. Unless you're going into a trade, don't go to college for a degree. <laughs> Just go in at like, where are you in life? See, I was a fuck up most of my life. So like RCR was like the one good thing I did and I am doing. Um, I was an okay teacher, but I hated the lifestyle of a teacher. Now, I hated the politics of a school, how you got to toe the line yeah. and you have to know your place felt like mafia-esque like there's all this subtle shit going on and it's more about who's due their favor yeah. or stuff than anything else and it's like like if you taught the kids stuff that that was like icing on the cake that is the the dance of emotions that is a high that is a high higher middle school faculty yeah. elementary schools honestly seemed a little bit lower key I um my mom I, did elementary school, yeah. and there was a lot of politicking there too. Oh, but fuck. a lot of it is um, kind of a, a, it's bureaucratic. It, it, if you don't like being mired in bureaucracy, and it only got worse once we got into the two thousands, and everybody started teaching to the test, yeah. so that you stopped essentially learning things. You started remembering by rote mm -hmm. what the answers would be but you're not actually learning anything like i could say the norman and the norman conquest was 1066 but like what actually happened there yeah. you know maybe i'll wait until i don't know steven spielberg makes a movie about who it. profits from teaching to the test who profits from all of that who is making the, the money how? Because the better you do on the standardized testing, the more funding the school gets. Uh, if yeah. you have a school where none of the students do well, they're going to allocate less funding, which seems counterintuitive, right? Like if you have students who aren't doing that well, you would think it's because of a scarcity of resources, like a sort of paucity of these different uh, avenues of education that would be afforded to a school that has more resources as I understand it. But 
you know, and this is excluding the sort of companies that make the tests because obviously they're, you know, they're making profiting. bank. Yeah. Uh, I imagine Scantron was making like whoever owned Scantron was making buck. Man, um, if they were a publicly traded company. Oh, man. <laughs> Scantron. Of course, now it's all my math lab and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Scantron. You put, you put, you put the right answer in, and you're still wrong. Yeah, because you put a space before your answer. Yeah, Ugh. that's like playing the uh, whoever made those smart boards made a buck. There had to been lobbying going on to put those atrocious things in the classroom. I mean, like the Prometheus board where you use like the little like the wand. Yeah, and kind of. Yeah, I don't know those types of things. They remind me of like Jeopardy for like Nintendo, where you would type in the right answer, but because there was some anomaly, you know, if it were spoken. The computer would understand you, but because it's written, they don't. Mm. Like I remember once that the answer was Hershey, and I spelled like Hershey wrong, but it was still phonetically correct, and I felt like the game should have understood that. Yeah. But also, you know, even at seven years old, how are you misspelling Hershey? So I don't know. We're in this. Meh. I'm sorry we didn't adequately answer your question. Acoustic theory. Um. Build skills. Boris T.S. Karlov says, I remember Burger Buddies, and then like 10 years later, they had burger shots, and they were pretty much the same thing with the pulling apart. Huh. Let's make it more aggressive for men. Everybody doing shots, shots, shots. Uh. I mean, there's really no reason that the sliders all need to be stuck together. Because no. it's the same way it sheets. It's like, what am I? The space that you are saving an extra step between me and meat. I could kind of see it if it's to maintain structural integrity, in that you're conserving space, but also you don't have three separate loose meat burgers with loose toppings all flying around in the yeah. same box. But I mean, to what extent is anything really binding? Uh -huh. You know. Yeah. Carl says, and thank you for the generous donation. Thank you. Hi, Mr. R. I bought a 1981 Honda CB900C last year after watching the review. I will be riding it from Vermont to the Blue Ridge Parkway in July with friends. What are your points of interest in Pennsylvania beyond touring and camping? Uh. Uh. Like, Pennsylvania is a wide state, and if you're going to Blue Ridge Parkway, I forget what that is. You're probably just going down through Harrisburg and going down 81. I don't know. I guess go to Hershey and ride the Chocolate World ride because it's free. Yeah. And, like, have fun laughing at the animatronic cows singing to you about milk chocolate. Yes. That would be, you know, it's whimsical. I say it go is. to Hershey, ride the free Chocolate World ride. Except that it's going to be bad, but in a funny, bad way. Yeah. And then sometimes I, they used to give you a free chocolate bar. They at do. The end. Oh, they still well, do? I mean, they don't. It's a different type of chocolate every time. So one time and they're all fun size. So it's not like you're getting uh, full bars. Dude, we got like they, we didn't get full bars. We got like half bars, but they were like some weird promotional size. Hmm. I remember that from like middle school or something like that like if you were in band and chorus you got a free trip to hershey park at the end of the year yeah. during fun day mm -hmm. like 
fun day for the rest of middle school was in the school but if you were in band or chorus you got to go to fucking hershey park <laughs> hell yes well were you going to the water park side of it too no oh all right because i mean you could ride tidal force and stuff like that but that was just with the rest of the coasters and stuff because when i was like 17 <clears throat> or 18 like around there i volunteered with my mom for an after school program uh with high schoolers where i would help them with their essays and they would also do like you know community service work that would look good on a resume and at the end of the summer we took them all to hershey park um out of the programs funds whatever right um but these are a bunch of like teenagers and it never occurred to me because i was a teenager also that this is kind of a terrible idea. We're just letting them roam the park for at will. Not hardly any of them have cell phones, and we're just all trusting them to come back. That's it. And they all did. But it's also that thing of you know, I don't know. It's that Simpsons thing of like Uter getting left behind. <laughs> yeah, you're waiting for the bad thing to happen. As I recall, there's only the security at parks are kind of good. Well. Knobles is a different matter, but because yeah. you can just leave in any direction and walk through the woods because there isn't really a gate to get in. Um, because <laughs> uh, there is no admission fee at all, yeah. So, like, hey, they snuck in, like, yeah, so did everybody else, yeah. <laughs> um, everyone, but with Hershey Park, I guess there's only one way in and one way out for guests, so. You go in, you get like the wristband or something like that. And yeah. if someone's missing, they will send the security guards out with in their golf carts and they'd probably go find them. So I guess that probably in retrospect, it's like you would tell security ahead of time. Maybe that's why like some schools, when you go there, everybody wears the same shirt. Like you get a free shirt, you put it on. That's what we did. Huh? Now that you mention it, also, I was hilariously off base in terms of how young I was. I was actually like 23 because my oh, nephew, you're an adult to them. Yeah, my nephew would have been born by then. I'm thinking of when I volunteered when I was 17 and it was like a bunch of kindergartners that I had to keep tr help keep track of. Oh, God. But we didn't go to an amusement park with them. It, but the when I was like in my 20s, we did the whole amusement park thing with the kids or well, teenagers whatever yeah. but yeah we all had uh matching shirts so that made more sense okay yeah but then we let them all like have free reign of like the water park section yeah and so half of them most of them were in like the water park area the entire time so i'm walking around like with my mom who's technically one of the people in charge of this whole thing and i'm just kind of like aren't you worried or anything oh, no they'll do what they do because i don't know i i guess she had more faith in teenagers than i did so yeah a ducked oh. up goose with an unusual uh, donation but thank you 503 as uh, a roman question roman thanks for mentioning wot last podcast oh wheel of time i just finished binging stormlight and had withdrawal oh yeah interesting that Sandin. Oh, Sanderson. Uh, Brandon Sanderson. Oh, uh, Brandon. San well, no, he's purposely inverting the spelling of Sandin Branderson or Brandon Sanderson. Uh, finish uh. wheel of time. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's how I was kind of like introduced to who Brandon Sanderson uh, is. Um, 
of course I didn't finish the wheel of time. I don't know many people who did, but what I will say is I don't know why I'm talking this low. I suppose it's because I'm trying not to upset the neighbors. Actually, no, I have no idea if that upsets the neighbors, but, <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, I, I haven't, been uh caught up with stormlight i just have to kind of um wait for more books to come out which is antithetical because you should support the work that you want to see continue so that it doesn't fail and end up being unfinished like xeno saga even though xeno saga actually did get finished but they finished it like three games early uh but then i didn't actually enjoy the xeno saga games either that was like it was like Kojima on steroids, Odweroids, as it were. So I don't know. It's a strange kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I hope you're enjoying the uh, books and um, happy reading to you. Uh, hope you have yourself an adventure. So yeah. My dick has a payment plan. Oh, snap. Tony Airlines in the chat from Tony Dayton. Airlines, Dayton, Ohio, by way of Savannah, Georgia. Tony told me last night that his hotel room has a microwave and a fridge. That's it. I'm happy he's working. Yeah, like, so am I. For a while, nothing was happening. I don't know. Like, Greg's been home a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the airline industry is currently in a state of flux because now that things are slowly starting to open up again to where you can get, like, a flight for some preposterously low sum of money. Um, oh, yeah. Like, flights down to Atlanta, like... For a while, when the, when I checked the first time, they were like eighty dollars. Now, when things are ramping up, they were up to like, uh, like a hundred and eighty. So they jumped a hundred dollars over like the course of a month. And uh, no, they jumped to two hundred because I looked at them and I'm like, I need to check a bag, and that's thirty dollars because I need to take car parts with me. And I'm like, I could spend $30 or I could spend $40 and fly first class. <laughs> well, couldn't like, you theoretically the, send the parts ahead of you? I don't trust. Oh, all right. I, yeah. Like that, that's that been the whole thing. Like when we were driving today, like me not trusting other people or like having trouble uh, deferring responsibility. He's like, these parts made it all the way here from Australia. I am going to carry them myself because I know like in my bag with the priority tag on it, they will be handled better yeah. than USPS or anything else yeah. on the way. So, it's and like, yeah, you have the one ring. Cause now, cause now the box, I, they're in bubble wrap inside of bubble wrap inside of a cardboard box inside of my suitcase. Yeah. So even if they throw it, I'm set. Like the only thing above that would be to buy another Pelican case and like put stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be fun next month. It'll be it next is. month before I know it. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, before all that, I have to sell the Nissan POW, and that goes up on uh, Doug's site. 
<laughs> Ask cars Rob Dom about shipping car parts. LOL. I had someone message me and tell me he had been on The Bachelorette before. Really? Like a contestant. Mm -hmm. That's kind of wow. Um, but yeah. Where are we here? Center 80 says, my small suburban city has two Chrysler TCs by Maseratis and three Nissan Murano cross cabriolets. Should I move? Sounds like some people are. The Chrysler TC by Maserati is like dumb rich bait or like nouveau riche or like, like retired gravestone. I just want something nice in my life. Oh, and that's man. where that's where the salesman can get you. Uh, um, so yeah, Nissan Murano. Yeah. Should I move? I don't know. How many scandals is your police department and mayoral office in currently embedded in? I'll bet more than two. Possibly. Yeah. Thank you for your donation. Um, real quick from the regular chat, John McCoy would like to know what our opinion is on the EPA trying to ban us from modifying our cars. And to that, I say, good luck enforcing it. Good luck enforcing it. Yes. All right. If they manage to push through, first of all, they have to get legislators to sign yes on it. Second of all, you would see a lot of for off-road use only. Third, how would you enforce local things? Because blah, blah, blah. Not everybody has emission standards. Yeah. And are and, certain cars already grandfathered in? Like, yeah. Already, or do you have to take them back to stock? Somehow? Yeah. Like, eh. and also since most independent garages are all car guys anyway, they're going to be doing it. I remember at a car show hanging out with a bunch of cops. Notice how I put a spot. I paused there before a bunch of cops, <laughs> <laughs> even though I knew one of them and he's my friend and I like him. Yeah. It was curious to me how they were complaining about getting pulled over another state because of their window tint. <laughs> yeah, because they had window tint on their fill in the blank. And I was like, this such and suching from department freaking pulled me over, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so so everybody who is in the cars literally doesn't care about regulations. No. No, not even a little bit. I mean, bit. you can't even like this is hey, this is like a Murphy Brown moment, but if if they can't enforce mask rules, how are they gonna enforce catalytic converter rules? Yeah. This is stuff that you can easily fake. Yeah, this yeah. is freedom land. You know, that, um, you might as well try to take people's, you know, guns. Well, eh, mm, that would go yeah. far worse, but Politics. still. Yeah. yeah. Oh, topical. Yeah. And a very, yeah. Fix your local problems. Like, what is that? Gordon, <laughs> Gordon Peterson, Jordan, Ramsey Peterson. You know, they're all one person. I love Nick Mullins impersonation of Peterson because it's just like Kermit the Frog or something like that. <laughs> no, it's Mickey Mouse. He just does Mickey Mouse. And he's like, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. Um, uh, if you want to just, <laughs> 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 if you just want to like my, 
my penis is small, which means it's big. And if you want to solve the pro world's problems, you got to take out the trash first. And if you want to solve people doing evil things in the world, you got to mow your lawn. Like, how are you going to stop this if you don't know how to make your bed? <laughs> I'm Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> it's ending it with I'm Jordan I don't know what it is about. Anytime someone does an impression and ends it with, like, naming who they're supposed to be. <laughs> gets me every time but yeah uh my name's dr mcdonald from ranzo kyward uh brandy kenwood knobles hershey and dorney cheers from cincinnati well thank you duncan i got friends in cincinnati i'd like to come back to cincinnati but i don't know what's up with your chili it's just sadness and broth god damn it skyline Chili is disgusting pile of shit I ever ate in my goddamn life. It has no taste and it makes you retarded. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, realistically, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that's. mm. (laughs) Someone says, says like, like Towley or Herbert or something like that. Yeah. Thank you, Duncan. Yeah. Uh, Judd Kramer says, now that you've got it, well, I don't have the Sarah yet. It's still at Atlanta JDM. We've got a month to go. Uh, the POW's got to go before the Sarah comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the runner-up JDM cars you considered? Uh, Toyota Surf, uh, Mitsubishi Prado, Prado, and 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 name your key truck. That that was sort of that was sort of some runners-up. But I'm glad I got the POW. It's like these small cars are are fun. But, oh, my goodness. You really have to be committed to that lifestyle. Um, they need to be about that life. Yeah. you Like, after a month of driving that as my, as like, I would only drive the Forester Wait, when it was, there, what? There are people who are saying, do you mean the Pajero? Is that how you pronounce it? Pajero. Or, because the Prado is toy. Uh, oh, okay, excuse me. Yeah, Mitsubishi. PJ something or other. Yeah, Pajero. Uh, yeah that because i think they were available either with two doors or four doors and the two door ones look amazing um uh yeah um the small car life small car living the pow is fantastic for getting groceries and not leaving a small town it makes every sort of like little errand like five mile errand great yeah, turns it into adventure because it's dangerous. You're going to get run over in this thing. There's nothing protecting you. It's sort of like if you live in a sunny climate, I mean, like sort of a Matt Farah thing, just riding a scooter everywhere. That's fun. Um, but the second I have to go over 61 to Hamburg or, or, or go anywhere else, like I drove to Allentown and that thing to put it on a dyno and you're out on 78 and you're just, screaming that little engine and like this can't be really good for it yeah it's it's like (sighs) and the thing is it doesn't get good mileage like driving it american style because i'm just out there running it at full blast on the highway whereas i'm not joking with my pow i'm getting high 20s mile mile per gallon 
wearing this thing. Even like, okay, it's it's carbureted, so it can never match multi-port fuel injection. No. With efficiency. It does its it does it as best it can. And but it's still like the best you can hope for is maybe like 34, maybe 35. It can never touch 40. Um, for one, like also once you get it up to speed, the thing's a goddamn box. So mm -hmm. there's no arrow to arrow at all. So it's fighting the air. You're running at full blast. Um, uh, there's all sorts of turbulence. It's not good. Yeah. It's great to go in town. I mean, I, it's going to come out in the review, but first of all, a Nissan POW has an eight gallon fuel tank. So when you're driving it around town, like never touch, never topping 30 miles an hour, um, 30 miles an hour is kind of like the, the Mason Dixon line of where aerodynamics start to matter because you can have a 50 CC scooter. And as long as you're, you know, you're not heavy, you can get that thing up to 30 because wind resistance doesn't really start fighting you until above 30 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, you can get on a downhill, you can just coast. I mean, well, bicycles can go like 50 miles an hour on downhill, but, um, like if you got good legs, you can go 30 on the flat. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you really you start fighting the wind, and then it just ramps up from there. Yeah. Bjorn said, I had no clue the PAL was carved. I was expecting it to at least have single point injection. Nope. 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 That one got the short end of the stick on the Nissan. I mean, we've been over this, but the, the, the Figaro, same short block, but it has fuel injection and a turbo. So, so that like thing makes double the power. So, like out of all the Pike cars, the, the Figaro is probably the best. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, Droff Mayer says, uh, thank you for your donation. Thank you. They are for military dudes and rich guys. Probably talking about the forerunner. Oh, the forerunner. Yeah. yeah. Best off roader is something you don't care about. Hell yeah. Love the show guys. Keep being awesome. Yeah. It, thank it, you so Mars much. does have a military vibe. It looks like an ammo can. I mean, it's color. Uh, Toyota calls it lunar rock. It totally, it's like, it's not olive drab and it's not like battleship gray. It's like a mix of the two. Yeah. It's, it's this weird pastiche. I should, of a, I should write that down. Uh, it's not, I mean, we're not going to be writing that for a while. Yeah. So, um, it's like a mix of, mix of olive drab and battleship gray. And from that you get what Toyota calls lunar rock. Thank you, my, uh, mayor. Uh, Rajui, I'm so sorry, man. Uh, Schemato, thank you for your donation. Opinions on EPA basically banning hardware mods for cars. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah. I mean, they're not really hardware mods, like bolt-on stuff. How are they? I, it's, it's, it's unenforceable. It's completely unenforceable. That's my opinion on it. It's going to happen anyway. There's just too much money in it. Hardware mods. Now, my uh, uh, something to write with? Or? No, no, no. Uh, I thought the oh, that's right. Yeah, because the pen was drying up, but no, it's still good. Sorry, you, you can take one of those with you if you want. No, oh, okay. right. thank you. Uh, I mean, my my tastes on cars at this point in my life have moved on to original unrestored, mm. with the exception of give me a modern radio. At least I want to listen to my phone. So yeah. But apart from that, I, I, I kind of am enjoying the cars in the way the manufacturer originally intended. Kind of like I enjoy the analog hiss of a tape deck. 
in a way that I used to hate. Now I like, but that's me. I'm going to be, yeah. Uh, There is a certain kind of comfort in just having that certainty of knowing what it is you like, because I think it took me a long time to get to that point. And maybe, I mean, in a lot of ways, I still don't really know what I want in a car necessarily, because I was telling you this in the, in the forerunner that it kind of like technology kind of puts me off. Like Mm. it feels too weird to me and not as intuitive as just that tactile feeling of like where everything is. And like the dash over there, it's like you said, you have to take the car or your eyes off the road to look at like what another digital display that tells you the HVAC stuff. Yeah. I, don't know. I wonder if that's how like my parents felt when CDs came around and they and they would hold it like a, they would hold it like a saucer and I'm like you're getting your fingerprints uh, on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the thing is that CDs aren't that far off from records I suppose except in, instead of a needle there's just like that jewel whatever mm-hmm. the laser. Uh, yeah, technology. Very very weak laser. Technology's wild. Uh, Peyton Holland says, what made you guys want to, uh, what made you guys want to major in English? Oh, I got an answer for that. I'm working my associate's degree and I don't know what to do. Don't major in English. You don't have to get, if you want to get a job making money to write stuff, you don't, they don't care where, what you're doing. They don't major in something that you have to show your, pick a major that you have to show your degree to get a job. The only English variant of major is if you want to be a teacher, if you really want to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, my an- Oh, man, go ahead. no, my answer is that nobody, re- well, I don't know that anybody wants to do an English degree. It's the degree that you kind of fall into. And I say mm-hmm. that as someone who started out, my major was professional writing. I found out they meant workplace writing because I didn't do the research because I was a moron. And, uh, I switched over to English. I basically couldn't um, finish my English degree at the local campus, so I had to transfer to Penn State main campus. But either way, I found that what I got out of the college experience had nothing to do with the degree itself. It had to do with the connections I made. So met my summit girl at college. Uh, I met and which it became an important relationship in my life. Uh, I met uh, you in grad school, mm-hmm. which led to this amazing life that I get to live now. And I'm not saying go to college on the off chance that these things might happen for you in the sense that life college is it has a function right like it has a function that's a it's supposed to be preparing you for the job force in a way that high school really doesn't high school is trying to make you into a certain competent person whereas college is about all right now it's time for you to figure out what where you want to apply that competency and at the end of the day, I end up feeling like people aren't given enough freedom to really explore what it is they want to do. If I could have just, this is going to sound really, really dumb, but I think I wish they would get rid of gen ed requirements. Hell yeah. Like literally from the word go, you are allowed to like, just explore, study the things you want, uh, in the way you want to study them because you've spent 
and I'm talking about like modern uh, high school students, you've spent the better part of your formative years being taught to ace a test rather than actually learn things. And the problem with that is that those things give you no insight into who you want to be as a person with your career, with the life you want to live. If you want to travel, if you want to have a job where you're outside more, where you're at an office, where you're in a creative position or in an administrative position, whether you're practicing law, medicine, whatever, the minute you get to college, I feel like you should be able to explore whatever you want. Now, you can. it's called declaring, having an undeclared major. You literally, now what will happen? There's a way to game the system and it's mm. called going in undeclared. You can be undeclared, I think for a year or two, you yeah. can pick a major and literally not give a shit. As long as you don't give a shit about graduating, you can do whatever you want. You can take any class you want. Now they're granted there's prerequisites, yeah. but even then there's a way around that. You can take a class and, and, and choose to audit the class, which means you can go in, you're not getting credit for it. You're not getting a grade, but you're allowed to be in the class. You will do all the homework, but you're just kind of a ghost. Yeah. But you're still going to absorb knowledge, Yeah. which is the point. The point in 2021, my thing is that the point of a college isn't, isn't a degree it's to uh, fill your uh, toolbox with skills. And this is an Adam Carolla line, but he said, some of the people I knew in high school, when they were done with high school, their toolbox was filled with butt plugs and bongs. <laughs> and, and there's nothing that, that, that can't do anything. Um, your job is to be able to have lots of marketable skills um, by the time you're done with this. So... And most of the skills I've learned did not happen in the classroom. The, the greatest thing that happened in the classroom was uh, uh, writing comprehension. Writing comprehension and um, advanced composition was probably the greatest class I ever taken because it just had you write nonstop. Yeah. Um, I freaking loved rhetoric and composition. Hell yeah. Because that... You rhetoric and comp, it's great. Now, granted, like, it's kind of... Um, Humbling. Yes, I remember that. Yes, very. I remember, like, the way we had it was... Uh, I think every single class you had a paper due. Mm -hmm. Now they weren't necessarily due for a grade, but you had to turn it in. So you'd write like you had a three page paper. You'd write it and Dr. Netch, my, I had Dr. Netches at Kutztown and he, he would knock it down. So, okay, like one page of this is usable. The rest, I know you're writing fluff. Yeah. Because that's what you're taught to do inadvertently throughout high school and most of your gen eds and colleges to, how long does it have to be? Yeah. And you make it that long. No, you're actually, the, and, and real composition is moving the train toward the point you're going to make. You've heard this all before. What is your thesis statement? It's saying what you're going to say and then building the railroad tracks to make that point. Then that's the end of your paper. Yeah. Um, and you don't, people make the mistake of trying to make a thesis statement and trying to prove it. The opening taglines to RCR normally don't happen until the end, unless it's something like, like I thought of like while driving it, you have this gigantic soup of stuff or it's like boggle. Only you get to take the little pieces out of the little shaky thing, mm. or it's like scrabble. You have all this information and you arrange it. So it arrives at a destination. 
it's dangerous when you're when you're riding to already know where you're going to be. That is weak riding, or rather, that is riding that someone like me or a professor will see where that you're trying to straighten this ribbon of thought out to a point that it doesn't really that it isn't really going to. Oh, that was my favorite thing to do, though. Is to create a destination, try to get yeah. there. I, uh, I, the, I, I wrote a thirty-page paper on a book I never read, and hell um, yeah, and a book that to this day I never, I've never read. A book I don't even remember. What was I, it? It was by. I want to say it was by Beckett. I think it started with an M and was a single-word title. I want to say it was like Muse or something. And there's a long stretch in the middle of the book that has to do with like music and it's communicated almost entirely in written music. It, like it's one of those really pretentious things. I want to say I did it for Lawbach, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm -hmm. and it was like 30 pages where I'm trying to hammer out the thesis of to the effect that um, let's just say and I don't remember if this was actually it, but, um, you know, ironing out the various forms of communication in the written word so that, um, you know, it ends up being a paper on transcendental transcendentalism. It's mm -hmm. transcendentalism is the filter we use to come to terms with the fact that the world isn't that interesting. So yeah. you end up in this place where you um, are, you have that thought and now you got to reverse engineer everything mm. and, uh, you know, figure out a way to sort of be concise about it while also hitting that page length. And I loved the challenge of it mm. to the point where, you know, I have to actually remember for the classes that I actually like, like, liked to read the material mm. <laughs> because um, otherwise it would get too easy. But the only reason it was easy was because I took a lot of rhetoric and composition classes and I read a lot in my free time. I was very bookish. So that was something that I liked sort of reverse engineering. But when I got there, though, that was like the first time in my life that I'd ever gotten like criticism for my writing. And so, but those are the things that helped me become a better writer to the point where like, I feel I can say that I'm a good writer without any qualifications mm -hmm. to it of having to put like a, butt or this, yeah. and there have been some good, uh, you know, things in the chat talking about, you know, just, um, employers always need good writers. Um, you know, it's, uh, th this guy got a, uh, Paul Unash got a gig with Tesla in writing, uh, conciseness is key. It's, it's, um, you know, uh, it, it's something that it's about with college, with anything that you do in life is finding a way to market yourself. And if the skills you acquire is your best way of marketing yourself, then great. But if you have other avenues of presenting yourself in an employable fashion, then more power to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry for the tangent. Ah! I think we need to sign. Oh, yeah. I want to get to the gym by seven. It's sign o'clock. Wagon Waifu says, why Corolla and not Civic? You buy a you buy a Civic if you want a manual. The build quality of a Corolla is slightly higher than a Civic. Fight me. 
Corolla is meant for someone who just doesn't care about cars. Honda, you'll care a little bit more. They rev a little bit nicer. Um, Corollas are meant to be abused. Civics you can abuse as well, but not so much. And also driving a Civic, I guess, brings you a little bit into the Honda Honda scene. So, yeah. Uh, Corolla exists. Corollas exist. Hon honestly, man, it's like personal preference. They're both pretty damn good cars, but uh, uh, Civic. <laughs> Which would I rather drive for fun? Like if I was presented with a manual Corolla and a manual Civic, I'd take manual Civic every single time. But if you're a plebe and literally, I just want a car to get me there, Corolla. It's it's a car meant for idiots. <laughs> it's the, but the thing is, it's the best. It's the best commuter car ever. Camry as well. They're, they're, the quality of the metal. There's just zero. Um, well, Toyota cuts corners, but they cut corners with in in the way that they don't innovate. Honda innovates more than. Toyota did, does, and I'm talking about modern times. Um, um, neither of them are innovating very much right now. Um, you have, because Toyota is innovating so little, they didn't even make their own Supra. <laughs> they just got a BMW and put their badge on it. Fuck faces. <laughs> How lazy are you? Maybe this is maybe this is Toyota's senioritis period. They can't even they can't even they can't even do their own capstone project. They got a copy from the German exchange student. That's yeah, a line. That is a line. Uh, um, thank you for the question. It's Matto with a generous donation. Thank you. With Australian money. No questions. Just beer and travel food. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Col Colette, Elsie. Oh, Colette Elise. Uh, Colette Elise. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, academia slash education i feels uh yeah i used to be a macadamia or an academia nut yeah i ruined my own pun um but yes it is very much a thing where you know the best thing about college is the people you meet there for me in my opinion which is not to say that i didn't love learning i took a lot of anthropology courses because i found it very fascinating but ultimately it didn't mean anything to my actual degree so yeah I don't know. I often say that the most valuable thing that happened to me in grad, the most valuable thing that happened to me in college was I met my son, my girl. And the most valuable thing that happened to me in grad school was I met you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that Thank was, you. both of those things are more valuable to me than my degree. Either of them. So yeah. no earth. Leyland, I appreciate that. Leyland G says, uh, what manual slow car fast would you recommend to replace a 2012 Chevy Sonic? I would get a fast car, but I have a lead foot and don't need the temptation. Hope you're doing okay. Okay. The best slow car fast would be an EF Civic or any Civic 1990 to 1999. Um, problem is someone's going to try to steal it because they're that fun. They have that much street cred and they're fun. Even with as, even with the one slammer single jingle engine, meaning single overhead cam, they're still amazing. Um, mm. Honda's engines from that period are so damn good that even single overhead cams feel like double. They are fantastic. Um, 
if you have a garage that locks, get one of those cars. They're not going to be quiet. They're not going to be comfortable. <laughs> they're going to be loud. They don't have much noise vibration and they're very light. They are fun. If you're a big guy, um, BRZ FRS. Yeah, they have 200 horsepower, but they're basically just Subarus. So those are good. Um, but they don't, but they look fast. So people pull you over. Um, but if you're a lightweight guy, then you could get a K car. Very nice. Just, uh, have fun with that. Those Very are my nice suggestions. Indeed. Uh, Killer Annie, there's a familiar face with a very generous donation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh, it's Renee. Hi, Renee. Oh, or Renee. Nice. I've been calling her. Oh, no. I'm having one of those moments where I don't know if I'm pronouncing someone's name right. Well, I mean, I'm, it's I've, Ren I've read it as Renee. Okay. So if that's a mistake, we're both making it. Hey, Renee here, just saying hello. Thank you for your donation. You so I mean, much. you help me oh. do stuff and you still give me money. I feel. Brian, take the compliment and take the donation. You're not a bad person for accepting it. People are allowed to make their own decisions, and that's their way of showing appreciation. So say, say so thank so so say thank you to Renee and tell her she's a good friend. Thank you, Renee. You're a good friend. Hey, Renee, just saying hello. Here's a nice treat for your trip to Atlanta. Thank you. I, thank I you. will. I will get like a like a kind bar at the airport or something like that. Thank you. Uh, is it Bahrain? Bjorn official. What do you and thank you. Thank what you do you so think much. of the fifth generation Honda Prelude? Fine. It's great. It's good. Buy it. You'll have fun. Is it a fourth gen? No. Does it have a better engine? Yeah, pretty much. Does it look good? At, does it look as good as a fourth gen? I mean, these are tastes, but no, it doesn't. Are you going to have fun? Yeah. Are people going to like you? Yeah. Are people going to want to race you? Yeah. Currently planning on turbocharging mine. Okay. Uh, or going with a built NA. Much love from South Sweden. Um, I know very little about forcing induction onto those Hondas that were never meant to have it. I don't know what to do. I think that's bastardizing the experience a little bit, but if you've got the money and you you don't mind if you grenade the engine and you got the money to just go out and buy another engine, if you have the money to just piss on, then go ahead and do it. That's my opinion about modifying cars. Should I modify it? Can you take the amount of money it will take and just set it ablaze in the yard and go inside and not feel it? If the answer is yes, then go ahead and modify the car because you're, you're never going to get your money back and you've lowered the value of the car. And this is me. Like someone asked me financial advice a while ago. Like there is no, when you modify a car, there is no way to get your money back. You are flushing money down the toilet. So go jerk off, go diddle yourself, have like a mind blowing orgasm. Try to do it twice in a row. Absolutely wreck your genitals. And when you're in your refractory period, think about modifying your car. There is no clarity like post not clarity. Mm. Hell yeah. Thank you for your donation. 
Tyler Shepard says, hello, what is your opinion on General Motors setting such a quick deadline for going completely electric? G GM with the what now? Yeah. I think they're going to break it. I uh, believe nothing that any that any of the domestic, when any of the, any manufacturer at all from any part of the spinning globe of a planet, when anybody, when any manufacturer says we pledge to do something or we have a date, there will always be an asterisk. They're never going to make it. What about their fleet sales? The infrastructure doesn't exist yet. I hope it does soon, and it will at some point. We pledge to do blah, 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 blah. You know what they're doing it for? Investors. It's about their stock price. Mm -hmm. Tesla, even though their stock went down, is still fucking killing it. Their one spaceship landed, and it <laughs> blew up, but it landed. Yeah. They're making progress. So this is like a hype thing for them to like make a bunch of money. I don't believe them at all. We'll do it by this date. I mean, people are still like dailying uh, C10s around here, like square bodies. I mean, the C10 platform and it's all its derivatives, even though it was essentially done by like, I think the early 80s, I, I, I don't know, maybe 90. It still continues into like the 2000s and stuff like that. Uh, you all right, man? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, right, the influences. went down too fast. So maybe yeah, in like major cities, but until people out here in the sticks are going to be driving electric cars, it's like, whatever. And he says, do you think this could come back and bite them in with constant recalls? I don't think so because right now the feds are still invested in electric power. So I don't, General Motors, even though it takes bailouts, uh, is still pretty shrewd and any, any shortcomings they make in the bends, they'll make a backup on the, on the straights. So with recalls, I'll bet there's some like backdoor dealings going on with the feds and, uh, and people getting kickbacks for all of this stuff. I believe in lawful evil, if that's a thing. I mean, I, I was disagreeing until you mentioned that they'll make it up in the straights. Mm -hmm. Um, if only because the amount of change that needs to happen in such a relatively short amount of time i mean not short amount of time i mean you're essentially reworking what people know cars to be and trying to get them to accept it at a level that they might not be willing to accept just yet yeah. and because of that there might be attempts at half measures to compromise to make it feel more like the types of cars that you're used to even if it's not the best thing for the uh, the implementation of an all-electric fleet without even getting into the infrastructure argument, which to be fair, has nothing to do with recalls unless there are issues of compatibility with the, you know, electric fleets and the existing infrastructure such that, you know, one out of every 10 cars will just short circuit or I don't know. Like it's something where I don't inherently trust this to go well. And maybe mm -hmm. that's a cynic in me talking, but I just have the, a really bad feeling that it's just not going to go the way anybody thinks. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never driven an electric car that I hated. No, I really like the Chevy Bolt, that little thing. I just yes. wished it wasn't 40 grand. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, question for you, and you're going to answer that while I pee. Oh, rock and roll. Let's see. Oh, Jesse Poge. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hey, Roman, I love both your 2014 I'm In You album. Oh, that wasn't me. Sorry. Uh, or was it Jungle Trail? Uh, there is somebody on Spotify and other platforms who had the Roman name first. Uh, because I was a moron and didn't look up to make sure that no one else had used the name the Roman as an artist before. So if the album is a picture of like a an art bust head, like that's not me. Um, basically, if you don't hear my voice, it's not me. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Um, and Trackless Bro. They are noticeably different styles. Uh, what should we expect from future Roman? Well, the next project that I want to do, I would want it to be a little different from what I've done before. If you notice on like some of the outros, I'm trying to get more experimental for me, experimental, not in terms of like actual experimental music, uh, unless you count the McLaren outro, which is a beat that I made that had no business being wrapped over, but I <laughs> just was like, I don't know. Let me wrap over this beat that shouldn't be wrapped over. And so that's what I did for the McLaren outro. And, uh, I, it took me like three and a half hours to get a take that I liked because I wanted to do it in as close to one take as possible. Of course, I ended up not being able to do that, but you know, it takes a while to get something that you're happy with, but there's a difference between being happy with a jingle and being happy with an entire song. And so I wanted to make an EP that reflects more of what I would do if I were a serious musician because I never really considered myself that before. And yet, according to my Spotify artist profile, the most listened to song that I've had in over a year was The Great Unknown, which was the outro song for the Vanagon Westphalia review that I wrote about my dad and what it was like growing up without a father. And it made me wonder can I write real song? Well, not real, but can I write serious songs? Can I write personal songs? Um, I mean, the only songs that I've had that ever charted were all comedies, you know, uh, comedy songs like Christmas tunes or all that other things. Like uh, when Trackless Bro came out, like I was legitimately number 25 on Amazon for like a hot minute. And granted, they update by the hour. So I was probably only number 25 for an hour, but I was also like number 27 on iTunes, which is super freaking weird to me, um, in a good way. But, and this is not me blowing my own horn necessarily. I'm using it as a way of saying that for me to be more serious would be to leave the comfort zone and the more certain thing that I know how to do. Um, switching over. Um, so basically, for the next time week. to have oduosterone ah time to take my not steroids um but yes basically i want to make more of a folksy americana well not D -D americana that's too much but 
I would like it to be more of a, a stripped back folksy type thing. Um, I want to get in the studio after the next RCR stories is out. That's the main project that I'm focused on and obsessed with because I've been working on it for six and a half months and I just, it's going to be the longest RCR stories ever. The longest script was like 19 or 20 pages. This one is at 32. I am wow. screwed and it's all going to be one video. I am not splitting it for any reason. So, you know, that's yeah yeah i don't know but basically that's what you can expect from me in the future i don't know when you can expect it but i guess i'm i've been writing songs for a while so rock and roll um yeah thank you for the question and the donation thank you what are the pills for they're for mood and stress they promote balanced hormone levels that decline with age supports a healthy mood warning do not take if you're anybody <laughs> do you have a beating heart lungs a brain this could cause complications <laughs> yeah ah uh, very legal very cool hello says as jo john fetterman is running for u.s senate in pennsylvania on a platform of legal weed thoughts awesome what are your thoughts on russian literature such as dolskoyevsky like there's so much like local history and customs that you have to understand that i can't wrap my mind around yeah i've never successfully I was born and it was fun for three years and then i went to prison yeah i've never successfully completed a dostoyevsky novel like ever yeah i just can't do it it's like moby dick for me it's impenetrable well not impenetrable i shouldn't say that but it's something where i feel too much of it is going over my head and i don't like it i hope with age and as i reflect more and more on childhood i hope there will be a point that i'm able to understand a county appointed furs god i hate that book yeah i do it's just it's so navel gazing Nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens. Anyway, you're supposed to just live in the moment, which are, are, are movies that I, I see. I like that in movies. I like movies that are just uh, that are about immediate environment. Yeah. Uh, see. Uh, Lost in translation. You would love oh. current best picture runner up uh, front runner, uh, nomad land. Yeah. Um, it's very much that type of thing where it's not about the story. You're just supposed to exist in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like movies that don't have a climax with people shouting at each other. Yeah, no, that that's not nomad land. And I don't <laughs> like movies where the climax I mean, is, is someone nomad gripping land. tightly to a banister. Yeah. Or they may fall down or, or, or a, a cliff or over a vat of molten steel or yeah. or they'll destroy the world yeah nothing with big um capital c climax yeah um uh, you know unless, where, I, unless you want to go in for that like i'm gonna watch an action movie i know this is gonna be amazing like when we went to see fury road it's like we're watching a mad max movie just go with it yeah, yeah. and it's easy or it's surprising how easy it is to buy in yeah but like I find myself enjoying a lower stakes uh, narrative yeah. where it's not the entire world. It might not even be this person's life that's at stake. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, like again with no man land, it's just this one woman's life as a nomad. And uh, it's very interesting, but frankly, not a whole lot happens and that's okay. Uh, into the wild, the tree of life. These are all movies that you can just sort of exist in and they are almost like, um, cinematic tourism and nice. you, that's and, a good line. 
Yeah. It's why I love Tokyo's story because mm. realistically not that much happens in the movie. Like Ozu's style of direction is to just sort of paint this slice of life picture. And that's what I liked about it. It's that whereas the grand illusion, the stakes are no less than like the human condition, the soul, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's a study in contrast. Bob says, need advice looking for at frumpy sedans, like the like the Buick you took track day Browing, and your grandma's old town car. Not a daily commuter, but would be my only car. Well, isn't that also your daily commuter? Anyway, which would you recommend? Yeah, Panther Body. Buy the newest town car you can. They went deep. They went deep into the 2000s. Buy mm -hmm. the newest by the newest town car or Crown Victoria you possibly can because you're you're buying the last of the old tech. Yeah. Something that has been made and remade and all the revisions are done. That's like buying a Remember when the PS1 was re-released as like a smaller Yeah. Yeah, yeah the mini. Yeah, yeah, that had no problems. You're you're essentially buying that. You'll you may even pay 10,000 for one of those things. But you're buying something that's going to last for 20 years. Hmm. There you go. Um, good oh, somebody question. said 2011 was the last year. I Damn, they kept that up. That'd be a man. If I see, see this is why I need a house with three garage spaces. So I could have <laughs> the car that films the kid. So I could have the car that films the show, the car that makes me happy. And then the hoe, oh, <laughs> the, the hoe that just gets traded out. Yeah. Just the side piece. Yeah. That, like, tricking her out all over town yeah the car that films the, the car that films the show my significant other and the hoe yeah yeah it's the fuck marry kill oh there you well, there you go uh, uh i feel better already that's good i feel better already uh maybe there is a thing to like like the idea of I there's got to be something else in this. There's no way this works this well. Yeah. What that, the hell is in this stuff? All right. Well, let's see. What um, are in it? Ingredients. Let's see. You, you Small dose of cocaine. Consult a physician or licensed qualified healthcare professional before using these this product. supplements are so shady. If you have or have a family history of breast cancer, prostate cancer, prostate enlargement, heart disease, or low good cholesterol, or if you're using any other dietary supplement, prescription drug, or over-the-counter drug, do not exceed recommended serving. Exceeding recommended serving may cause serious adverse health effects. Possible side effects include acne, hair loss, hair growth on the face in women, aggressiveness, irritability and increased levels of estrogen discontinue use and call a physician or licensed qualified healthcare professional immediately if you experience rapid heartbeat dizziness blurred vision or similar symptoms and we get no oh no okay so this has calcium uh carbonate dehydroepin all right i'm going to get this dehydroepiandrosterone and other ingredients include microcrystalline cellulose, silicon dioxide, magnesium stearate, stearate acid cellulose gum, maltodextrin, gum arabic, and no milk, egg, fish, crustacean, shellfish, tree nuts, peanuts, wheat. 
uh, soybeans, yeast, artificial colors or flavors, added sugar or preservatives. Take one tablet one time daily with a meal. Okay. So I had a bowl of food that's there. Yes. <laughs> it didn't say anything about don't take with alcohol. Yeah, no, no. I had a beer. Well, a beer and like a, a beer. Yeah. I mean, that's so it clearly has things in it. Yeah. But to what extent do those things facilitate further human development? Mm. I, why am I doing a late local news voice? I need to go pee. Lady Auberon. Oh. oh, that's Cameron. Oh, okay. Oh, she says, hello, y'all. This is Cameron. Changed my username to my VTuber name. Virtual YouTuber. Mr. B, I asked Roman this last week, and now I'll ask you. After reviewing the McLaren, do you prefer it over the C8 Corvette? No. C8 Corvette is a superior car to a McLaren. Fight me. Yes. A McLaren works. It is a better thing to move quickly. But a McLaren works on a track. It doesn't work in the real world, man. C8 Corvette is a better car at carring. A McLaren A McLaren is a set of Jordans and a C8 is a pair of New Balance. If you don't play ball, neither of them is going to help you. And like, as we said in the review, a McLaren, McLaren will void your warranty if you take it to a track day. The only one you can do are sanctioned track days by McLaren themselves. It's the only time you're legally allowed to take that thing on a track and keep your warranty. All other times, you void your warranty on a car that costs 10 grand to do an oil change. Or is it five grand? Uh. God, McLaren's stupid. It's like... A McLaren is like going to a sex safari with just a, a, a range of dime pieces of all genders ready to make you prostate come. But it only works in their environment because they have all the designer lubes. A Corvette is a Corvette is your lover next door who says they like you and sticks their finger up your butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Get a used C8 Corvette. Trust me, you'll love it. If any of them, are, I think they're still being scalped at this point. I actually saw an ad for a C8 Corvette. I mean, it was like a Instagram ad or something huh. like that. I'm like, you really need to advertise this thing? Yeah. I, I are, mean, you, are your sales, did they dip slightly and you felt the need to advertise this? I wonder to what extent the need to advertise is that people, the lay person on the street, is not seeing enough of a meaningful difference between that and the C7 Stingray. Mm. So that when they look at it, their their mind doesn't register don't a new really... Corvette. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't look the same. Yeah. yeah. C8 Corvette looks like nothing else GM has ever made. Yeah. Um, home stretch here. Eric Muller says... 
No question. Just says have some cash for your travel fund. And here's to a promising 2021. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Tristan Green, wrapping up the show. Thank wrapping you. up the show. Last Beer money, in. no questions. Cheers. Hey, that's an easy question to answer. Hey, hey, hey. Thank yeah. you so much, Thank you Tristan. so much. So, All right. Well, that's yeah. a show. I need to get to the gym to work off this odosterone. Uh, actually, no. I got time. I got time to go to the store, to buy groceries, come back here, change in my gym clothes, head back out, go to the gym, to the old hustle and grunt, and then have a time, come back here. Dishes, dinner, Skyrim, masturbate, bed. Nice. <laughs> That's my dinner. That's my night. That's actually a hell of a night. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, the um, there was something when we were writing that was supposed to remind future Brian of. Fuck yeah. And now I don't remember what, oh, um, point of view for... But that's tomorrow. I think I wrote it on the calendar. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. No, because like you, we still have like before Saturday, but you can just. Yeah. 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 Tomorrow's tomorrow is POV of the forerunner. Wash the forerunner. Um, I'm going to hand wash that thing. I'm going to hand wash it and uh, vacuum it out. I don't know if I can fit it in my garage. Hmm. Um. Uh, I can at least pull it up to the garage and like get an extension cord or something like that. I got to find an extension cord and uh, suck all the, I can wash, I can wash the floor mats. I'll wash them in the sink with soap and water, get them nice and black again. And uh, I think I'm even going to put some tire shine on it. Do you know and, when they're coming back or what time they're coming back to get it? No. I mean, they're coming back on Monday. Odds are it'll probably be just sometime on Monday. Yeah. Monday is my big editing day. I, I, I like to get my narrative usually Saturday night. Um, so Sunday, at the very worst, I can record Sunday morning and edit. I like to record on Saturday just so it's done. So oh, yeah. Sunday morning, I can get up and just edit audio. Because I'm at this point, like I can edit like half awake. I like will wake up as I'm editing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can edit my audio on Sunday, on Monday, get started on video. So I'm on track by finishing video editing on Wednesday. Fuck, I got to do something else. I got to remind future Brian. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you'll have the uh, narrative tomorrow. It's not going to be a thing um yeah oh thank you jay walkers unite uh for the two dollars don't tell me what to do he says and uh we will not uh because if you want to give us money that is more than fine by us but we have to sign off now as necessity dictates yes uh thank you so much to everyone who joined us you help us to exist as a much larger channel than we actually are because of your kind and generous donations and uh basically you know i i well, we hope to do this more frequently than we have been in the past so thank you so much for joining us this has been the rcr podcast i am nick i'm brian have a great week everyone good night good night